Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me a cybersecurity expert and U.S. Army veteran, Stephen Semeroth. Welcome to the show. Very excited to be here, Jason. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a lot. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Love it. <laughs> and this is actually a really cool episode for me in particular because I've been thinking a lot about this, and I would like to hear what you say about it. So um, the topic is how to protect your business from cyber crime and security threats. Uh, this is... I've never done an episode like this. So um, I've done a lot about marketing and, you know, business and how to promote this, that, and the other thing, but cybercrime, security threats. I'm always telling my friends, my family, man, if, if Russia or China sends an EMP our way or hack our infrastructure and our networks, what happens next besides us becoming cavemen again? Mm -hmm. So, um, first thing I want to ask you is, uh, this Russia Ukraine war, right? Has there been an increase of threats from Russia to the U.S. since that happened? The the short answer there is yes. The the longer answer is much more nuanced. Hmm. So if we if we really look at you know some of the initial initial threat response, I'll say one of the more interesting things that came out of this that has come out of this so far is the amount of actionable intelligence and understanding that we have. And I can I can circle back to how and why we have it in just a minute. Mm. Um, but it is it, it, I find it fascinating, truly fascinating. And when when the war kicked off physically, it had already been going on for years. Wow. In the cyber landscape. And when we go back even further, um, Andy Greenberg has this great book called Sandworm. And Sandworm was the story of how allegedly Russia shut down Ukraine's power grids twice, 365 days apart. Wow. Over the holidays. And Andy went out and the 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 cyber leader at some of those power grids names um Vasily Yatsinsky um Andy interviewed him and said what do you think this is why do you think it works cuz the first time the first time they got shut down the bad guys in this case used available tools that are all over the place you know just a shot across the bow hey we're going to we want to keep you nimble Keep for, you dancing. For, for those of us listening or watching who don't know what those things are at our disposal, can you name some of the? You said there's a whole bunch of things at their disposal. Like what are what are some of them? Uh, free and open source tools uh, like um, like Black Energy 2.0 or 3.0 in the in the cyber landscape, um, or even in this case, they just use effectively a remote desktop tool that admins all over the world use, mm. all over the world. And what they did was they took control of the computer in the operations center and locked out the administrators. So literally the administrators are sitting there watching their mouse go around and click and turn off electrical inner, like electrical substations. Just click, shut down, shut down. How, so, so how, how, I mean, besides the obvious question of how did they let this happen? How can you prevent this from happening moving forward? 
now that you've seen your admins being shut out, mm-hmm. I mean, we've all watched James Bond movies where the hacker's trying to get in and like, no, I'm, I'm locked out. I'm locked out. How do you get past that lockout? How do you get to the point where they can't lock you out? Isn't there something we can do? And for a business owner, same thing. We don't want them tapping into our data centers, you know? Yeah. So there, there are so many buzzwords in this space because you talked about marketing previously. You've, you've, you've talked about this. Um, and some of the guests that have come on have talked about how do you, how do you tell the world what you do? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the problem in cybersecurity and cybersecurity marketing is anytime there's a new buzzword, everybody says they do it, which uh, means no one actually does it or it's hard to figure out who the heck uh, actually does it. So the, um, you know the out the outcome there is that finding finding partners that can help is really a big challenge in this space, and it's one that I've enjoyed tackling for a, for for a few years. And um, when when we look at it, if if I were to try to break down the complexity of cybersecurity, it wouldn't mean anything to almost any listener. Yeah. So here's I, I can tell you I can tell you what boards are asking right now. Boards are asking three questions in order to help mature their own cybersecurity um, efforts. Mm-hmm. Number one, are we spending the right amount of money? Are we spending it in the right places? And are we confident in our program? Well, and that's good. where and that's where we get rid of when we look at confidence, that's where we look at risk, spending the money in the right places. That means we know where like we actually have a program and we know where we're spending money and we've identified where we need to spend money. And all that goes back into, are we spending in the right places? So if we look at like back to Ukraine's power distribution systems and their grid, whether it's, you know, Ukraine's local power grid or outside of it, and and many almost all of them have been targeted and they were targeted again this week the question is do the people that run them the decision makers whether they're public or private or a, or a partnership are they actually spending the right amount of money to the point where they can get to a defensive posture Right, and be confident in their systems cuz they're always i mean this is something that again I'm not a cybersecurity expert like you are but being in the IT and the web world for half my life. Mm-hmm. I've seen enough news articles about hackers taking over data centers, hospitals, universities, government agencies. I think the list goes on. Countries have been shut down because of it. And there just are not enough white hat hackers helping save the day. It's mostly black hat hackers. And I, for people listening, maybe I Maybe I'm wrong here, but white hat versus black hat. The white hat are the good guys trying to find the bugs, find the 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 black the back doors, find the worms and the malwares to to stop them from hurting a business. The black hat guys are the guys that are trying to make money from that exploit mm-hmm. by yeah. rans- ransoming your data or saying, "Please send Bitcoin to this address, or you don't get your data back," or whatever. Um, so why aren't there enough white hat hackers helping save the day? And how can we get more of them to defend? For example, the United States of America against cyber attacks from all the other countries who are now attacking us. Great question. Here's here's part on there. Kind of, there's two answers to it. The first part, as we in the community, we have failed to make the community an open place for a long time. That has changed. Now, the cybersecurity community, kind of the old guard versus the new guard. The new guard is 
made this community one of the most opening welcome communities, but it's only been a few years. Okay. Five years since. Before this, there was a mentality that to join the industry, you had to be a phenomenal expert engineer and architect, mm -hmm. which means you can't communicate to business leaders. Right. You're a, you're a programmer. Programmers historically are antisocial. Yes, sir. I know. Yes. Trust me. So th th there used to be this philosophy. You cannot get into cyber until you've mastered network, domain, admin, the Everything. list goes on. And then, and then you've unlocked, you know, being a security leader. Meanwhile, we never learned how to communicate. Right. So that first piece of being able to communicate. And the second piece is with, and you still hear a lot of this advice today. Hey, how do I get into cybersecurity? Well, you must learn how to be a penetration tester first. You must do that for three years. Then you must be a SOC analyst. And and that is really failing the industry because that, again, means you must be a technical person first. Right. And and for the people that are listening to this, I have a neon sign behind me that so has people. the word people on it. Yeah. <laughs> because when we look at it, there's two types of, com of companies. Companies that need cybersecurity services and companies that take cybersecurity services to market. Right. And it's that second piece where we need lawyers with a cyber focus. We need marketing teams. We need design teams. We need UI engineers. We need data scientists. We need, you name it, we need salespeople. That, so it's, it's not just programmers. Yeah. We need people that literally don't want to touch a keyboard at all ever. And they do a very good job explaining the threat because it's they visual work with people all the time. It's storytelling, you know, um, mm -hmm. you, you make it, you make it in layman's terms so that they can understand, well, you know how you love that marketing campaign so much and you got all these user analytics and you're capturing financial information from your customers. Well, what if all of that was stolen and exploited to everybody? Oh, oh wait, I, I, we got to protect that. Uh -huh. So, and then you have the white hat hackers that are exploiting these things for, I guess, bug bounties. Uh, I've seen those a, a ton of times where mm -hmm. they might have gotten paid 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 dollars to exploit bugs. And they just made their yearly salary in a month for finding those bugs. And they did it for good. Right. Versus doing it to say, well, you give me five million dollars and I'll give you your data back. Uh, mm -hmm. now this asks, you know, this poses a question in my mind is with, the amount of security risks that are out there, do enough companies offer a bug bounty program or white hat security risk uh, programs to people out there and say, hey, because as you mentioned, there's not enough of these programmers out there. I'm assuming they have really high paying jobs at companies and they don't want to leave to do these white hat jobs. Is that part of the problem? And I know it's two questions. <laughs> well, let me let me take a step back and talk about the people problem again. So the... There is, there are probably more uh, white hat hackers, so you know, people that can launch an exploit than the market can fully, fully utilize right now. Mm, interesting, because that's where all the training investment has been. Because that's what's sexy. That's what right. our movies here in you know the U.S. and the Commonwealth glorify. Absolutely, it's dangerous. <laughs> It's scary. You're living on the edge. You can get, you know, pink mohawk. Great. You can stop a nuclear warhead from going off within minutes, you know, that kind Cyber of thing. Cyber nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, so there's really, there's been this great, great evolution because there's been a market demand from the people side of the house. And I used to own and run a cyber recruiting company. So I, I, I've been looking into this for a long time, um, at the practitioner level and from an academic per, per perspective as well. The part, um, the part that's really challenging is finding people that have the detective mindset. So like, like when work isn't work, it's a calling, right? I'm paraphrasing Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. to take that type of person and then give them the business skills they need to, mm-hmm. to, sh- to focus on revenue, to focus on business outcomes, to understand what is the risk, how do we mod- modify it, and then translate it across business units because they're excited about either the tech or the business outcomes or the intelligence that comes out of it. That's a, that's a big, big, big challenge. It's I mean, really tough to do, and there that that's where our people we have the problems. This is the age old disconnect that us entrepreneurs have faced for decades. Of the programmer doesn't understand why that feature needs to be launched on this day when the marketing team is pushing a certain campaign, mm-hmm. and the business depends on it, and they don't understand the the connection between those things. I, I face that every day. And, and it happens on the other side too. Uh, technology might be ahead, then marketing might be lacking behind. I mean, you have to have both on the same page. And I totally agree. Mm-hmm. The white hat hackers don't understand that, which is why there should be liaisons. There should be translators of these marketing and business people, right? So how can we get everybody on the same level? What's, what's the, what's the way to fix this? Yeah. So there's, there's a few different <coughs> ways. And one is training. And I don't, we, we, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the corporate training that you get that says, oh, look, don't click on links. Cool. How effective was that? Um, I'm talking about training about what a cybersecurity program is and does and how everyone is a part of it mm-hmm. to the point where um, sales and marketing understand what it is they're actually doing and then get the right information on the website which is a challenge. So like, oh, cool. We've got this amazing, amazing product offering. Cool. Does it integrate with any of this? Well, <laughs> you're going to have to, you know, sign a POC and we'll find out. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that, that's <sighs> a challenge. But the other side of the house is there's still a perception that, that the bad guys are kids in hoodies in their parents' basement. Right. And that's where, you know, I, t- I talked in the beginning a little bit about the intelligence that we have about different threats since the Ukraine-Russia conflict began. Let me tell you why we know, and then I'll tell you what we know. So the first piece is um, when when Russia launched the, ran- uh, the landware into Ukraine, um, a threat group out there called Conti said, hey, we're going to align with Russia. But they had a Ukrainian development team. So those Ukrainian development teams didn't like that. And so they published they published an amazing set, 170,000 internal wow. chat messages. Oh so we know the whole ransomware gang. We know their development. We know their quality assurance. We know how they negotiate. We know all of it. And the fact that their quality assurance for their code is bigger than anything else is probably the most important piece. They are an 
ecosystem. Oh. They they are better at outsourcing than we are. They are better at marketing. They use our marketing tools. They use our sales tools. They use all of them. They're called out in their playbook that they, they bring on when they hire new people and train them before they go to a team. That's insane. I mean, I figured it was pretty sophisticated. This was uh, eye-opening for me, man. I appreciate the information. Uh, where can people find out more about what you do as a cybersecurity expert? So I post pretty voraciously on LinkedIn because I want this to be a better place and I want the con- the community to continue to be open. And so I, I open source a lot of content. I post on LinkedIn and also at, at goavant.net. We've got our blog there. I posted that. We've got a podcast there. I'm on that quite often. And um, for anybody that's interested in trying to access more vendors for their clients, if you're a consultant, reach out because that second piece of okay, what now do we do now that this white hat hacker came in? They give you a list of fix all the things. That's not really useful. How do you prioritize it? How do you build a plan? How do you build a roadmap? So that's part of what we solve. And we try to make it really easy to understand who does what, when, where, what are the business objectives, and how does it move the needle for a company? Love it. Thank you, Stephen. That was awesome. And hope you guys learned something about cybersecurity. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.